My name's Bree Taylor, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I live in um, Streetsville, Mississauga, and I like to dabble with downtown Toronto when I have the opportunity to, although it's not my favorite place. We were talking about this. Um, so the traffic's crazy. I'm not a traffic person. It gives me massive anxiety. Um, but yeah, no, and I just released my new single, You Played It All, and I'm really excited for everybody hearing it and loving it, and the response has been great so far, so I'm pretty happy. Well, thanks for coming in, and, and congrats on uh, on the release of uh, You Played It All. And I guess it's from um, your EP, Unbreakable? It is, yeah. So I released Unbreakable in August, um, and this is one of the singles off of the album. Yeah. And uh, it was just really exciting for me to release that finally, because I've been working on those songs for the last two years, yeah. uh, two and a half almost. And it was just great to finally release it and like see what people think of it and and kind of be able to then again move on to other writing projects after this nice mm -hmm. uh so i don't know if it's with everyone but for for me um you know growing up with uh you're too young to remember cftr when it was a radio top 40 yeah no you, you remember yes oh my goodness yes. well then you look very young just because my, <laughs> my grandpa's in was in radio broadcast oh no sports way. radio but who was your your grandpa john Badham. okay he did sports radio okay yeah, yeah. So, you know, I used to listen to that and, you know, my dad would get me in Oregon and I never knew how to play any instruments until like a year ago. Oh, great. I picked up a ukulele. Oh, cool. Um, and I can strum. Nice. I can't pick. Okay. Um, and I'm decent. Like, I'm a beginner. Okay. I'm like a beginner's beginner. But tell me about you and music. Um, yeah. Start, I heard, I read that you started like in a choir. You're parents yeah. must have put you in a choir when you were younger or? actually i ironically was scouted for my elementary school choir when i was singing in the, the play out in the schoolyard when you're on recess whatever when you were the, scouted yeah the like it, i know it's like super random but <laughs> it was she, she heard me singing and she was like please come to uh, like to the choir and 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 uh, like not really audition but like try out which yeah, yeah. almost back then almost everybody got in because you're like sure seven um so it was like i think i was like six or seven i think it was a grade two and she just heard me out there and that was i was bullied really bad all through elementary school so oh, wow. singing and music just well first of all I was growing growing up around music because my parents were always big music fans and yeah, my, yeah. my dad has like all his old vinyl and all that stuff so um it's just something that I've always been around and had a love and passion for and then having been in elementary school being bullied and then being in the choir it was kind of like that like safety net for me like the, the safe place to go mm. and uh yeah so I was in choir all uh, and then grade nine you'd choir in high school you kind of do that and then there's the chamber choir which you would have to audition for and only certain people are selected yeah because it's kind of like you're taking it a little more and seriously. still at school still in school oh, wow. um and then i started taking vocal lessons my aunt heard me singing at one of my other aunt's cottages because i have a big family and uh yeah she was like you guys have to put her in some music lessons because she's great at singing oh. and i was this introverted kid believe it or not way back in the day and i was super introverted and shy and i never thought i was good enough or had any talent that's what kind of like the kids at school made me believe and that's what I thought I didn't think I had the talent or the ability to do it and knowing that someone believed in me really helped me take that step and then my parents put me in vocal lessons and so I was doing that on top of choir at the same time I played piano a little bit when I was younger and okay. some guitar self-taught ah. um I played flute all through band classes in elementary school as well okay. so I just I'm like I, I'm a big music lover my papa actually plays violin and um I've never heard him play but I'm told he does and I've seen his violin but it's like a he doesn't touch it very much anymore and what did you uh, call sorry what did you call him my papa papa okay yeah yeah right. my papa yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, music's just been a big part of my life growing up and it's become like the safe haven for me and this emotional outlet. And it's just something that I don't know what else I would do with myself. I really don't. I just, yeah. I feel like when I'm not doing music, I just, I don't know. My soul's like lacking something. What was, what were your parents listening to? What was some of their vinyl? Oh my that gosh, you heard? So many things. Well, my yeah. mom's really a big country fan. Okay. So I've got this big, deep love for country music. And I grew up listening to like Shania Twain. And then she had like Amanda, I don't know if you've heard of Amanda Marshall. I've heard. Yeah. She's incredible. She's super underrated. She should be more well-known than she is, but um, she's t amazing. So my mom listened to her and she's just got this powerhouse voice that I always admired. So that was uh, something my mom listened to. My dad literally is why I have such a vast 
interest in music because he's listened to everything from like the Beatles to Elton John yeah. to like David Bowie oh, and wow. like the Sticks, the Cars, the Doors, like all these old rock bands and classic rock and stuff. So that was my dad and he listened to all of that stuff and I just grew up listening to the same things and then of course I was into like my Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. <laughs> like I went through my like boy band, girl band phases yeah, yeah. and I get into that too. But then, yeah, the, I just, my, my soul kind of resonates with actual songwriting where mm. you're like, I'm a storyteller in my music. Yeah. So that's kind of, I love all kinds of music, but that's really what like I identify with. It speaks to me when I can hear the lyrics and know what the person is feeling and going through. I just like, that's what I put into my music. Cause I think that's what really resonated with me growing up. Did dad ever take you to concerts? Um, we didn't go to actually too many concerts when I was younger. My first, I did an internship at Live Nation a few years back, like maybe Ooh. six years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was their booking intern. And uh, I that was like one of the first times I really, I was about 20 maybe. I was in yeah. like first, second year university. And uh, yeah, they I, that was like, I got to go to concerts for free because it was a perk of working there. And it was right in the Molson Amphitheater, which is now yeah, Budweiser stage. Budweiser stage. Yeah, yeah. So it's for, for me, it's weird. It's like the ACC. Like I used to work there serving two part-time a couple years ago. And it's hard to call it the Scotiabank Theater. Yeah. Like it's just so weird when they change names of things. But yeah, so um, that was kind of like the first few years that I really started going to concerts. What we went, when we were little, we, would, we lived in Peterborough for a short while. And uh, we would go to the festival that they have there um, in the park so they have this like smaller stage outdoor venue in the summer every weekend they'd have different acts so I would go to those when I was younger Uh uh-huh yeah oh that's so cool yeah when did you was it when your aunt said hey you gotta you gotta take brief for lessons that you knew that hey you there's something here or when did you or I'm curious when you Mm. decided this is what you want to do I always had this like secret like hidden desire inside of me that wanted to do it but I didn't think I was able or capable to do it because I was made to think that I wasn't good enough and that was something that growing up I always was just ingrained in me from a young age when I was going to school because I I was told that by all the kids at school like you can't sing you're too fat you're ugly nobody likes you Mm. like you know like the the schoolyard bullying that that's gone on and still probably is going on all over the world and um that's why like bullying is something that it's really like a sore spot for me and and even like it's office politics too when you're an adult you still encounter inter-office bullying and and catty women are always around Uh so there's always that's what like I'm just such a big believer in like women supporting other women sure and uh that kind of comes from like that soft spot for me but I don't know so I think having her tell me or tell my parents and overhearing this conversation it just made me really think someone believes in me maybe I'm I'm possible to do that it's possible for me to do this but I was writing songs way before that I was okay. I had my notebooks like yeah. I was in the schoolyard and I'd be sitting in on recess and I'd be writing in my my notebook I remember trying to start a girl band in elementary school but nobody was serious enough and I was like <laughs> I want to do this and nobody was into it and I'm just like okay so that's when I, I kind of got this idea like I should just do it solo because no one's ever going to be as motivated about this as me and so I just kind of kept progressing a little what bit. What was from your there. first song? Oh my god, it's like a song oh, about like it's called it's literally called Call Nine One One. Okay. It's I think it's like the first song to my recollection, and it was like about a guy stealing your heart, and you're just <laughs> so cheesy, like that like elementary school cr- girl crush, and it was one of those songs, and it was it was just an awful awful song. But you know we come a so long let's, way. Let's hear some lines. Let's no, say, okay. You have you have to recite like the like a few lines. The chorus. The chorus was like Call Nine One One. He stole my heart away, and then. I don't remember the rest. There's like a bunch of stuff. I'd have to really like go into it and figure it out. But um, yeah, some of my old stuff, it's just like, it's funny to think back. I, I, I always, I would write, I'd be working my retail jobs because I've worked since I was 15, 16 years old. And I would like get little scrap pieces of paper. I worked at Sears back in the day and I like, I'd write my little lyrics down and I keep all of those scrap papers. So I have a bucket somewhere in wow. storage of like all these old lyrics and papers and things and notebooks filled with ideas and, and storylines and poems and all that kind of stuff so it just kind of grows and you just I and I'm constantly learning more about myself as a songwriter and working with other people and getting to co-write and collaborate which I love it's so fun is something that is really exciting for me to do because you get to bounce ideas off other people and they can bring something to the song that you don't really think of or you've never it just it it just clicks and it's like a puzzle piece kind of going together and with my song you played it all I originally wrote that song myself on like a ballady keyboard in and it was like this sad 
heartbreak song and I wrote it about five or six years ago and this summer I was just like I'm, I want to put a six song on the album and and do like a nice round six number and I was just like okay like what am I going to do I don't really have the time I've been really busy call nine one one. I thought that would have yeah been no we're not going to no. do that that's just not a good that's not right there so I went back to some stuff I was working on what would be like a quicker fix versus writing something from scratch sure um, and getting it done within a timely manner to add it onto the album and it would launch it at the right time and everything and um, I ended up loving that song I went back to it and I was like you know what let's see what we can do with it and then when I met my producer and co-writer Dejan Martineau here in Toronto who's insanely talented um I got referred to him and I'm so happy I did because he really we brought we got to have fun together writing the song and like rewriting it and reproducing it Mm -hmm. and we took it and we made it into this fun dance upbeat dance ballad and it's like kind of like a sad topic about like a lot of issues but it's fun because just the beat really makes it fun and I remember hearing it I was like no I want to sing this faster I don't want to sing it slow anymore let's change this and that that whole vibe when you're just like jamming with someone in the studio and writing that song is just so exciting interesting what was your first ex- like so you in, in the school choir mm-hmm. um, and obviously probably parents are hey hey Bree sing sing for the family and yeah and those sorts of things what was your first um, singing experience outside of school. Outside, outside of school? Yeah. Well, I would do um, recitals with my vocal lessons. Okay. And actually, a funny story, my first vocal recital, I sang the song, I was obsessed with Hilary Duff. I like, I still love her, but yeah. back in the day, I was a hardcore Hilary Duff fan. And um, I did her song, Someone's Watching Over Me, from the movie that she did. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and raise your voice it's called and it was one of my favorite movies and i was going up it was my turn and this would this was my first per- solo performance outside of choir and i was terrified and i was just nervous that everyone was going to judge me so i was like okay i'm not going to go and i told them i'm not doing it and then i sat down and i watched everybody else go and the last girl went up and i literally remember in my head like I can do better than that. And I, I said, okay, I'm going to go now. And they're like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go. And they're, they're like, all right, like go on. And I went up and I did my song. And then I remember everyone was giving me the standing ovation wow. was blown away. And so every recital after that, they ended up making me like the finale. They called me the grand finale. So for a few years after that, I, I was the last one. And I was, cause I didn't, I, my vocal teachers always called me a turtle. Like I'm a turtle hiding inside my shell because I was so nervous and shy and introverted. I was scared to really belt it out and really like explore my voice and my range so at times they're like oh your turtle head's coming out of its shell like you're getting there like they were kind of like when you're young right they're trying to find like analogies that kind of be relatable and that was what they would always say and so finally I feel like this point in my life I've come so far in this journey that this album and the reason why I called it Unbreakable is because everyone told me I wouldn't do this I couldn't make it I couldn't do it Mm. and it wasn't going to happen and they tried to break me and this is me saying throw what you got at me I'm unbreakable and here's my proof and here's my six song EP and and basically a big F you to everybody who told me I couldn't do it so that's that's what I am you tell me I can't do something I will go prove you wrong this is your first EP this is my first EP oh wow yeah so t- tell me about the stage fright thing this this shyness how did you you know was it I can do better than that and go up and sing and then it was gone no I was always still scared honestly okay. it's it's like the more you perform the better you get at it the less you get nervous yeah I still every performance that I do I still get a little bit of stage fright because I think it's like you care so much and you get excited and and you really want to work at something and and impress everybody and do your songs justice so it's something that I think just kind of gradually has gotten easier for me along the way yeah and uh I was just on tour in May for uh two weeks I did 12 shows and that I think changed my whole performance style and helped me grow as an artist and helped me grow with my performing and uh, just the amazing support that you get and the interaction and the energy from the people in the crowd when you're performing it really just fuels you and I just feed off that and it's so it's such an exciting journey to perform and see people responding to your music wow so how, so how do you prepare now going on stage is it those butterflies that are there and then you just just do it and yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do my vocal warm-ups. I like to kind of calm myself down. I like to kind of isolate myself a little bit. Like when we were on tour, there was so many different artists and bands that we were on tour with and we were all performing and everyone has their own like way of doing things. Like a lot of the guys would be drinking beer, shooting the shit, like having a good time. But I'm very serious about what I do and I really like to convey my emotions yeah. when I'm performing. So I was kind of more like let me just stay in my corner so I would sit in the green room I get myself ready I do my warm-ups and I would get into this this headspace I just kind of have to really get pumped and kind of like 
I don't know. I, I just have this like internal monologue that I go through yeah. and it's different every time where I'm just like, you got this, it's good. And then you just go up there and you just do it. And then when I'm in the moment and my, my songs are playing and, and we're, we're killing it. I'm, it's just, you, it's a whole, it'll, another life force takes over me. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So t- I'm, I'm very curious. Your, your, your music is, is, Pop music is is that fair to say? It's How such would you a hard it? way to describe it. I okay. I classify it as pop music because um, pop you can really do anything. You fair. can really play with so many different genres, and I love so many different genres. And there's I, there's so much to music that I love to play with. Like my song "Broken Dreams" has a little bit more of an EDM house vibe. Like it's yeah. got a bit more dance vibe to it. Um, this current song single you played it all is got a, almost like a Latin dance vibe to it, which okay. I was really feeling in the studio when we were working on it. And it's just it's a little it's a little different. It's got a cool breakdown in the at the end of the bridge. And uh, then I've got my song "What You're Looking For." It's a little more country, yeah. which when a lot of my songs that I perform when I'm doing covers and on shows and when I was on tour were uh, country covers um, because I find I just really identify with country songwriting and I'm actually going to be dabbling with some country music in the new year. So I'm hoping to release a country single come 2019. So that's kind of where I want to get into because everyone told me on tour, every, even the country artists on the tour were like, you were born for country music, just sing it. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I've been told most of my life, but I don't like being told what to do. So that's the one thing I've always rebelled. Yeah. yeah, So I've always rebelled and I, I still love my EP. I love all my songs and I still love pop music, but I want the freedom to be able to do what I want to do and play with different sounds and, and be able to do different. I, I didn't like being niched into one market or genre. I just wanted to be able to do my thing. And that was the hardest part when I was starting music, when I was even in my teens is everybody's like, you don't really sound like one specific sound. People, yeah. Some people would hear my songs and they'd say, Oh, you sound kind of country. Other people would say I sound very rock and roll, which I can, I'm very versatile. I can sing a rock song. I can do my Joan Jett covers. Like, nice. you know, I, I got it. So it's, it's interesting. It's just, it, that's why I love music. That is so cool. Um, your, your shows, what what sort of vibe are are you moving around um i try to yeah yeah i don't like you got to utilize the space you have so every venue is different so depending on the venue that we're at um some are smaller some are bigger so you can Mm. move around more on stage my favorite venue then from when we were on tour in the spring was um the hard rock casino in vancouver in coquitlam it was we, they, they upgraded us to the bigger stage because they were on strike at the time. So cool. they didn't really have something. Something wasn't going on. They I don't know what ended up happening, but we lucked out and we got the big stage that like famous people like Pat Benatar had been on it because they have a wall downstairs and the underneath the stage and, and the, the rooms and they have a whole wall where everybody signed it. And I took all the I did a live stream actually on my Facebook live when we were there and the stage and the sound system and the crew, like their sound guys were amazing. And just the stage alone, like you, there was so much space and, and room to play and lighting and all these things. So it was probably one of the most fun stages I performed on, but I didn't get to have my band on the Western end of the tour. So that kind of was not the same vibe with backing tracks, yeah. but we made it work and it was all good. So I'm okay. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, that I, I just, it really depends on, I like to move around. I like to, um, bring something different every time. It really depends on what I'm going through. I really put my heart and soul into a performance and into my songs. So that's something that I think just varies depending on the day I'm performing and the song. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you were bullied as a kid and we're going through this whole Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, especially in the entertainment industry, it mm-hmm. seems. Um, how, how has that impacted uh, your music, if it has, your lyrics, how you perform, um, I'm curious about that. Well, a lot of my songs are based on relationships and um, experiences with love and loss and all that kind of stuff and heartbreak. Um, in particular, the song you played it all is very much about today's dating age because mm-hmm. I'm I am single, unfortunately, and it's been a rocky road dating and this this dating app era and I find that guys are very disrespectful to women and I'm very I have been sexually harassed actually after a bumble date um, by a guy who just thought even though I was telling him I wasn't interested in a really nice way and wishing him luck he decided to shove his tongue down my throat (laughs) yeah I was like that's not what I wanted thanks though (laughs) like no thanks I don't it was like and was on the side of the street outside this bar when I was trying to like part ways and so I I've been in those situations I sympathize with so many women that go through this every day, but I find that I'm objectified all the time. And a lot of men even just see me 
when I'm putting myself out there dating as a sex object and I'm not, um, I, I mean, I just, there's, I, there's, I'm so passionate about this whole issue and, and how women are mistreated. Like I recently, I've dated a couple narcissists the last several months with, which is never a good time. (laughs) And, Hmm. uh, yeah. And, and I mean, I was just stood up by a guy this weekend for the second time, even after giving him a second chance. And then he just ghosts. like men just don't have respect anymore. And if you're going to put yourself out there and be dating, you should at least have common decency and respect for a woman and treat her like, at least be honest about what you're looking for, what your motives are. I've literally, a guy's told me everything he wanted to hear till he got me to sleep with him and then just peaced out (laughs) so it's happened and it's I've got so many friends and all their stories and I just something that just resonates with me so much and and that's why I put all these types of experiences into a song and you played it all is basically about a guy leading you on playing games with you telling you what you want to hear and then being like you know what I got a fear of commitment bye (laughs) yeah so how like how do you know whether you're an artist or not like how does whether single guy or single girl, like how do you navigate? Is it, is our are, are apps the the only way? Are we so busy that that's the only apparently, way? Apparently, apparently that's the one. I'm very traditional. I refused for so long to yeah. get involved in the dating app world. Yeah. Because it's not how I've ever wanted to be like telling my children I met my my husband or their father you know I I just I'm very traditional in those ways that I've got this idea in my mind that that I've wanted to meet someone organically but I'm finding it's increasingly hard to do that Mm -hmm. because so many people don't approach people anymore and I've asked guys their side of things and they try to say women are unapproachable which is what people have been saying with the me too movement as well that like women are so on edge and quick to assume and accuse men of things but you know it, it something has to change at some point but so I can I can see and appreciate their their point of view. But for us, that's women, a cop out in my opinion. Really, you think so? Yeah, I mean, if I look at myself, um, I could have said the same thing. But really, it was me. I was I was just too shy. There right? was no and this like what is it? Women have these thorns and guns and machetes when you look at them or that's something what i'm like saying i'm like i'm a nice people person i know resting bitch face is a thing but i have that <laughs> I, and i've been guilty of it i go to the gym and i have my do not touch me face like stay away because sure. i like to isolate myself at the gym but um i just well, first of all i know for myself i don't i'm so busy with what i'm doing i don't have time to go out and meet people i don't go to bars yeah i don't go to i'm not a club person ever have been mm-hmm. i mean i've done it but i don't enjoy it yeah um and i just find it it's very difficult to meet someone because in the areas like I'm, I, I go to work, I go to the gym, I go home and I work on my music career on top of my, my 45 hour a week day job yeah, yeah. because I'm hustling because I want this so badly. Sure. And so for me, my career is number one. Yeah. And you know, if I find someone to meet someone, that's great. And I've put myself out there. I go through like phases where I'm on to dating and then I'm like, right now I'm like done. I'm not into it. I've been off for a while and I'm just so fed up. This, the guy I date stood me up on the weekend with someone from two years ago that popped into my life. Screw him. Yeah, clearly. I'm like, that's, that was rude. Screw you. (laughs) Like, why do guys plan dates with you and be like, oh yeah, we're going to go out and this is going to happen. It's going to be so great. And I can't wait to see you and all these things. And then the day of, you just don't hear from them. And then they just don't talk to you. They don't even apologize after. That's what I'm saying. Low self-esteem. I guess so. I guess so. They're scared. They say, oh my goodness, Bree's making something happen for herself. I've been told by so many guys that I'm very threatening and intimidating and no, guys put me on a pedestal. Yeah. Like my ex-boyfriend put me on this pedestal. He would be like, you're going to leave me and move to LA and all these things. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, seriously, yeah, low why, are self-esteem. We, why are we talking about this? But it's true because he didn't have his life together and yeah. I don't judge people. That's the thing is like, yeah, I'm, I am me, but I want someone who could be a partner and, and work in, on themselves and have their own thing going and I'll support you and you support me and we can be a team. And that's what I think I'm looking for. And that's what I, I, I hope to find in a partner yeah. but for some reason the guys i've had like several guys that have been just felt they felt intimidated and they feel like they're not good enough for me and i'm just like really all right we got to get a mirror to work that's the next get her to find me a man yeah mirror find me a man um you went to toronto faculty of music that you, yes. you you must have known that okay this is it we're we're going into this thing well that's where i took my my music lessons i took piano there first for a okay. few years yeah. and that's where i started taking my vocal lessons and they're the ones that oh, made okay. me their grand finale for my my vocal recitals well, look at that and uh yeah so that that I, I really loved taking music classes there we lived in etobicoke at the time so yeah. it was great and um then i moved to oakville uh, halfway through high school yeah. which was music capital of ontario 
Is it? I'm just saying it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know. What you mean. Usually at the, this part of the story, people, and I went to Nashville. Or I went to the big city. I went to L.A. I went uh, to New York. Well, I, I have to been Toronto. to L.A. several times. Okay, L.A. Yeah. is like a second home to me. I love L.A. I'm so my heart right now for the fires in Malibu mm. and all through like Thousand Oaks and all those yeah. areas. It just breaks my heart to see that because that's one of my favorite places in L.A. Wow. And th- like there's so many people like losing their homes in the wildfires right now. I'm just seeing the updates on the news and it's just t- breaks me so much. I just feel so bad for everybody. That's like what is it? Thou- is it that, that, that was it Thousand Oaks? Thousand Oaks is one of the areas. Yeah. Like, it's all, I heard like it's, it's like there is no more Thousand Oaks like. Oh, yeah. There's just like a lot, even Malibu itself, like everyone, like their homes are destroyed. I think Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth posted a photo of their home in Malibu. Tonight I saw it on Instagram and it's just like, there's just ash. Now I'm not too worried about them. Well, of course, like uh, there's other people, the regular Brie Taylors and (laughs) the regular people. Yeah, Yeah, no, of course. My heart goes out to every single person affected. But yeah, yeah, I went to LA. I recorded uh, five out of six songs on this EP in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I've got a big, big heart in, for LA and that's, I haven't been in a little while and I miss it so much. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, no, I haven't really moved to Nashville or any of these. I've been in, I went to Nashville once a couple yeah. years ago with my dad and it was such a fun time and I want to go back cause it's such a great place. And that's where I've, uh, a couple of my friends are in the country music scene. I've been going down and doing a lot of co-writing. So hopefully I can well, look at that. make some trips down and co-write. When did you first start calling yourself singer songwriter? Um, probably my late teens because I mean, I've always felt like a songwriter. I've always been a storyteller and a songwriter. I've always written songs, but really getting into singer songwriter mode was probably in my teens when I was doing like talent shows in school. And, uh, then when I really, I've really been pursuing this as a serious career the last three years. So two years since I've released everything, my first single broken dreams came out uh, 2016. Uh, but I was working a year before that towards behind the scenes recording and writing and all the stuff that I was doing. Um, so that's kind of, I guess where I would, identify myself as like an actual recording artist okay. and performer and then but before I've always just been I've been a songwriter yeah, yeah. so Broken Dreams that was your first my first single your first single yeah so tell me about tell me about the song but that whole process of creating this this piece of music this art yeah yeah it was it was great it was such a therapeutic process because it was actually about that that boyfriend i told you who put me on a pedestal yeah he broke up with me in a text message uh like a coward <laughs> and uh he had never really known what he wanted he was, we were, he was kind of wanted and didn't know what he wanted and all these things but um so i ended up writing that song about a month after we broke up and when i was in the studio that's all i could think about wanting to get out of me and i feel like when i write a song it's like it's done it's gone once it's once the song's finished i'm it's like a therapy session i'm over the situation and I, I get to move on with my life it's like it's released from my soul so writing the song was amazing it's not the first song off the EP that I wrote I actually um, my song Perfect got me the Factor Demo Grant and that oh. yeah so that helped me um, fund that song's production uh, so I did my song Perfect and then I ended up doing my song Why You Chasing off the album as well and then that was my first co-writing experience okay. and then Broken Dreams came the third it was the third song uh-huh. I actually did so it, but I released it first but because it was release, yeah. it was just like let's just run with this I'm really vibing the song and the emotions behind it and it's very fresh inside of me so then I did the music video for it and then we launched it in September 2016 and the response was incredible and I just was so happy everybody loved it although that's the one song looking back I'm like oh I would change a few things on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff production wise that I'm like I wish I could have sure. changed but you know it's done it's over we'll move on to the next thing we just keep learning well, when you from... do your greatest hits you could always come back to it there we go yeah one day we'll go back and redo the song <laughs> tell me about songwriting is it when you're writing these 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 lines down are you trying to have the you know the words rhyme off each other or are you just writing down thoughts or or do you sit at a piano and just get a tune or a riff i'm curious i get asked this a lot it's something that i think is really for people who aren't songwriters it's like really interesting and i go from an emotion and a feeling and from like inside of me what i feel like saying and i always choose what i want to say what is it i want to say with this song and then what how can i say it and what emotion am I feeling while I'm saying it? Mm -hmm. And then I tap into those emotions and lyrics just start flowing. 
and they just start coming to me and then I'll just pour out a ton of lyrics usually it doesn't necessarily even fit together and then eventually once you start kind of working on a beat you can start piecing things together mm. and it kind of falls into place and that's what's cool about co-writing is when you you're like oh I have this song and I have this idea and like you have a bunch of lines on a page like with you played it all we Dejan and I sat in the, the studio and we kind of were just like I was like I've got all this page of notebooks of stuff and I was like what about this line would this fit here and then it's just like you having someone to kind of bounce that off of um but usually when i'm on my own it's just kind of like it's just like a puzzle i it's like it just starts fitting together oh, like a puzzle yeah. and eventually you start trying to make it make sense in and in order to say what you want to say and let make people hopefully feel what you want to feel through that song and that's at least how i approach songwriting yeah. i'm very much about the song and writing process like being an actual songwriter and telling my story so that's really important to me and like each song is a little piece of me that's why everyone's always like why don't you sell your music why don't you sell your songs and I, I what does that mean why don't you sell your song like sell it to like say lady gaga oh, well not okay. that she needs it cause she's incredible but yeah. like some like a bigger artist or someone out or like any an aspiring artist like i have a couple friends in the country scene and country music and uh they've purchased rights technically to someone else's song so yeah. they make royalties off the song you don't but you get the ability to use it and it might be a hit for you in your career um so there's i haven't done that i haven't written taken someone else's stuff i've always written my own material at this point in my career and um I've never really considered selling mine because it's just, it's part of me. Interesting. Not to say I won't, because yeah. who knows what the future has in store for me, but for me, my songs are a piece of me and my experiences in my life, so it's so personal. So it'd be kind of mm. hard for someone else to really sing it or tell my story, but who knows, I could always change my mind in the future. That's really interesting. And, and what is, you know, I've heard this, I think things have changed now, but back in the day when music was on CFTR, you would hear the first single off of this album. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I always used to think, oh, it's the first song on the album. And I'd buy the album. Oh, no, it's like the third or fourth. And I'd get so confused. You know, why is it the first single? And then it dawned on me, oh, this is the, the first release. Right. How do you release a song? What does that mean? How do you release a song? Yeah. What does like, that mean? Technically? Yeah. Like this is, you know, well, when there's you said like distribution was your first release. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, well, it's the first song I've put out into the atmosphere of music, like okay. into the <laughs> online world so that people can stream it and ah. buy it on iTunes or whatever format they want to okay. listen to music. So there's distribution um, websites and, yeah. and companies that will host basically your music and distribute it for you through those channels. Oh, and so you pay okay. them a fee and yeah. then they distribute it in Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, oh, all those places. Okay. And that way it's available in all those areas. So... Broken Dreams was the first song that I put out there into the world. I mean, you can put a song on SoundCloud, but you don't necessarily have it distributed and released. It's not on iTunes and Spotify, so it can't get picked up in a Spotify playlist or yeah. things like that. So those are different. That's what that it's means. a different. Yeah, I've so always been curious what that. Means. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's and then, but I've released about I think four singles off of this EP because I I just didn't I didn't want to wait till it was finished. I wanted to kind of start putting some music out there and laying the groundwork and seeing how people were responding to things, and then I I released the EP this. This past summer with the six songs yeah yeah and so when it comes when like so you so you release it you put it out there in the in the world do mm -hmm. you do you just is it you just sit back and wait and watch no you can't you got to promote it that's why yeah. i've got a mirror <laughs> yeah you got to promote it you got to get your name out there you've got to get people hearing it and knowing it it's like it, there's so much content out there there's so much music there's so much talent yeah. so you to get recognized you have to promote yourself and you need publicity on the song because if you don't then it there's a chance that no one will ever hear it or there's a chance that it's not going to get picked up and to be really serious about a career in music you really have to establish yourself as a brand and as an artist and and uh put that groundwork out there and see how you've progressed and changed along the, your career and hopefully then a major label will want to pick you up and and invest more into your career ah. yeah so it's just got to lay those ground that groundwork down there so that's why like releasing the singles and now the ep and everything it's just one step next step and then keep growing and keep changing and yeah. and bettering yourself as an artist and hopefully eventually you get your break because 
you know, there's so much, it's saturated out there. So if you, no one hears it, no one knows about you. Like a blog's not going to, I mean, there's a small chance a blog might randomly find your song on the, in, on YouTube, sure, but that's sure. why like YouTube cover artists don't really make it very much anymore. Yeah. Like Justin Bieber had his shot and you know, he, he, but a lot of people also don't know that there's behind the scenes stuff going on. Like he and his manager like drove themselves in a car with his guitar to radio stations, begging them to just like listen to him. Like there's, there's little backstories with every artist because there's yeah. hustle going on behind the scenes. Either no one's an instant famous person. Like nobody instantly gets their career made. There's a lot of work that is involved sure. along the way. I mean, there's probably a select couple that have had that really, but it's so rare. Yeah. You just, I just find that hard work does pay off and of it, like it has to, it has to. And, and I've seen so many talented musicians out there, but they, don't have that hustle or they don't have the business mindset Yeah. because I find, and one piece of advice I always give to any uh, aspiring artists is to be a, your own business manager, like know the business of music and know your industry and become more aware of that, those things so that you can control your career in, in directed in the way that you want it to be because we build our own dreams. We're responsible for that That's so and true. we've got to do what we've got to do and no one's going to build your dream for you. And I don't want to work for someone else the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this tour that you did this past summer? Um, in May, May, in, June. In yeah, May. Spring, okay. summer. Well, spring, spring, summer. Early summer. Um, what did you learn from it? What was the feedback? Mm -hmm. I learned so much. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about other musicians and about the touring process. I just realized I was in love with tour. Like I have like PTSD of not being on tour right now. Like I miss the process. I miss all the guys in the bands. I miss um, being with other musicians along the way and just the whole process of, of doing a show every night. It's just so thrilling and exciting. And I would do it over in a heartbeat and I, I just feel like I'm so excited to hopefully do a 2019 tour. So we'll see. I'm like wanting to plan something and, and get something going. But um, I love, I just, it gave me more love for performing. It made me fall back in love with performing because I hadn't really performed for a while Yeah. Um, until now I've got stuff to release and perform that's original because I don't, I just find, I love, I, I love going to a bar and hearing musicians that are doing co covers. Sure. But, I, no one really listens like they do, but they don't. It's kind of just like background. nice background music. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what my music is meant to do. I don't want to be a cover artist in a bar yeah. just to make some quick money. Like my dad's always said, I'm like, why don't you do that? I'm like, I could, but I don't know if I really want to. I want people to really listen to what I'm saying and watching me perform and, mm. and, and it's just a different type of performance and uh cover cover songs are great because i you get to bring something cool and unique to someone's song that you really love yeah but i don't want to be known for that i want to be sure. known for my own stuff what did you learn so you learned about touring and your love for it mm -hmm. what did you learn about other musicians um just like there's so many different genres out there like there was this amazing rapper called candor on tour out in vancouver and i am not the biggest lover of rap music but he's so talented and the way he commands a stage and a crowd he number one stood out to me as a performer yeah just the way that he interacted and was like he just impressed me so much and he's such a cool guy and we were wanting to collab on something i'm hoping we can maybe re revisit that idea because he's so cool i would love to do a song with some rap music in it um so nice. that yeah i just think that like every artist brought something different to the stage there's a band called three scotch in and the guys i just fell in love with all of them they were so amazing people i just loved them as people and musicians and like their energy on stage they just have a fun time they're fun they're having fun they have a song that they wrote that they actually collaborated with candor on tour called bong toke and it's about oh a my. woman <laughs> being your bong toke and getting high on this woman that you love and it's the coolest song and they just collaborated right then and there on tour it sounds like a reggae song it, it's got a bit of a reggae vibe to it, but it's so cool. I have I have a bunch of vlogs on my YouTube channel yeah. from behind the scenes of my adventures on the tour, and there's some footage of it on there. So if anyone wants to check it out, they can go find it because it's Neat. it's cool. I, yeah, just and getting to know other musicians and their stories and experiences and and connecting and networking with everyone, it's just such a good time. And that's what I took from it because there's so there's cool. there's always the ups and downs of everything, but I try to take the positive out of a negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you talked about some of the music you used to listen to when, when mom and dad were, were uh, spinning the vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, who are your influences today? Like, what do you, what do you listen to? 
I listen to so much. I'm really into Halsey right now. Like I love, love, love her new song without me. Um, it's so like uh, just all of her stuff. I, when I go to the gym, it's her Taylor Swift right now. Cause okay. their stuff is really, it's got some energy to like kind of get you into the yeah. workout mode. Um, so Halsey's stuff is incredible. Um, Taylor Swift. Uh, I still, Michelle Branch always growing up has been someone I've really loved. Um, oh my gosh. There's just so many people. I can't even like, I can't narrow it down. <laughs> there's just, I listen to so much different music, so yeah. it's really tough to like pick the, your top few, but sure. those two names jump out of my head right now. Sure. W whatever happened to, I read somewhere you were supposed to be on this TV show, rise up TV. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to be a part of it. That's what the tour actually was for. Oh. The tour was supposed to be filmed for this, quote, TV show. Um, turned out it wasn't. Um, okay. Because day one, we all paid money to participate in this because yeah. we thought we were paying for a film crew. And... I've got a background in film and TV. So day one, when we're told we're all to film on our iPhones, which is what I planned to do for my YouTube channel yeah. from the big before I, when I first agreed to do it, um, is kind of was disappointing. And all of us kind of just turned it into a joke because we were like, really like how we're, we're here performing and you're supposed to be catching these moments of us. Like all the collaborations weren't caught. Like there's a ton of things that just didn't happen. Oh. Um, that because there was no one filming it because there was no film crew. So we all got ripped off. Essentially. It was a big kind of scam with the finances. Like it was supposed to be out around now. It was fall 2018. Okay. And from what I've heard, cause I've disassociated myself from that person yeah. um, that was producing the show and managing all of us artists. Um, he's apparently postponed it till March, 2019, but is already planning a season two without season one being out. No trailer, nothing. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, Okay, it's it's just I don't foresee it ever happening. Ah, so I, as soon as I found that out, right here. I disassociated myself from it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I interesting. don't want to be a part of a subpar no, product for sure. And I really believed though in the in what it was supposed to be yeah. because the concept of and and if everything had actually been caught on camera, it would have been such a cool show. There was there was like so much that happened that got missed that would have been really entertaining to watch and be in a show. Yeah. And so if anybody actually wants to produce a proper show like this I think it would do really well and be a great show but I I was just disappointed in the way that it was done and we were not told things and there was a lot of yeah. sketchy stuff going on um so yeah that's my like really quick version of it and so the tour just happened just to get you now you, I tour. see that's why let's I take a blessing tour. because that's why I say see the yeah. ups and downs like I was up on the verge of a mental breakdown by the end of the two-week tour because of all the emotional stuff that was going on knowing that this man was scamming everybody and and what was happening but I had sold tickets to shows in the, the east end and I started in the west end I was like I'm not gonna cut out now I have I sold like 70 tickets to my yeah. show at the rock pile in uh, Tobacco and I had tons of friends and family coming my band was performing with me I was just like it was and it ended up being such an incredible show my dad actually paid his own film crew to film me performing that show nice. and I, I haven't released it yet but we have the the final footage of my performance nice. um, for it but i just like i try to t see the positive in everything and uh, through all the stuff i went through emotionally with that and like financially losing out and getting l a lot of my money taken from me um was i still see a positive in it which the positive mm. that i take is the friendships that i made the amazing talented musicians that i got to network with and meet and, and collaborate with and the experience performing and and being a part of a tour so that's i try to see the best in everything and that's what i take from it there's a song in there somewhere probably yeah. probably i still i have like massive ptsd with that whole situation though oh so i'm kind of goodness. like i don't know if i'm ready to revisit it yet but maybe one day we'll put a song out about it yeah yeah rail against the man Exactly. I think I think being scammed by a manager is like a rite of passage now for all the us artists. Bro. I've heard so many stories from people since this happened to me. Um, I also read that you're hard of hearing. Yeah, I'm actually in my left ear. I wear a hearing aid and okay. uh, I am not completely deaf, but I'm very, very significantly have a major hearing loss in my left ear. And it was uh, due to like chronic ear infections as a kid. And then I had tube after tube after tube put in my ear by an ENT that just didn't 
quite know what, how to deal with me. And then he didn't really know what else to do at one point. So he passed me on to my current ENT, who's one of the top ear specialists in Canada. Yeah. And he's amazing. And I still see him every six months to do follow-ups on some stuff that I have. Because I've my, my inner ear of my left ear basically didn't develop properly in utero. And when I was a baby, okay. I might kind of tilted my head to the left. And I think something with my neck, it just... There was some, I don't know, but back then there was, medicine wasn't as advanced as it is nowadays. Sure. So I just think it was something that got missed. Back then, you're so young. You see, back then. Well, <laughs> I, hey, I'm 27. <laughs> 27 years ago, they used forceps a lot more to pull babies out. And, Fair. you know, that can mess with their necks. And chiropractic has come a long way. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many different things now. So I just, uh, I yeah, it's, it, it's, I don't let it keep me down. Yeah. Like, I, I still hear and communicate i'm not i'm i'm fortunate that i don't have any like deaf speech um so it hasn't impeded me in any way so it's just more because it was a gradual hearing loss i wasn't born deaf yeah so it i was fine with my hearing and then gradually as i got got into my teen years once i got to this new ent he didn't want to do surgery on me because he said it was too risky and he didn't want me to completely lose my hearing so he said a a hearing aid fitting would be uh the best course of action and i've had my hearing aid for eight years almost so that obviously doesn't impact because now you basically hear as as well as i I hear like normal yeah Yeah, but when my hearing aid's not in it definitely affects me wow Mm -hmm. okay and when it comes you know i guess in tour would be different right because I guess you got a monitor in front of you. Yeah, the there's stage, a monitor right? on the stage. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I mean, not every venue is great with sound systems. Sure. There were times where all of us vocalists had to kind of fight through the monitor because we couldn't hear ourselves. And yeah. the sound systems are all different. And tech guys, like that's why, you know, give love to your sound guy because your sound guy is your friend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So tell me, Brie, what is next for you? What is next? Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I kind of want to dabble in some country music. I want right. um, I actually have a writing session in a couple weeks with a songwriter I met at a, at a one of my friend's performances a few weeks back. What is it? What is a writing session? What is a writing session? Yes. It's like two all people, these things. I have no clue what they it's are. It's two people that are songwriters sitting in a room and working on writing a song together yeah. and then creating music. But you've got like you have a we all have different backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Like you both might be into country, might be songwriters. Yeah. But like your experiences are just, so how do you, because your songs are very personal to yeah. you, how do you, like, where does that start? Do you just say, hey, I've got a few lines here. You've got a few lines there. Let's put it together. I usually have ideas of what I want to write about. Okay. I, I have stuff inside of me that I want to say. Yeah. And so usually because it's my song and it's okay. like essentially. So someone's the lead. Well, t- usually, like okay. these are people that like write with artists who are lead singers in oh, on stuff. Okay. I mean, there's different types of writing sessions. Maybe it's something where like I've wrote songs with my friends who are also songwriters, and who knows whose song is gonna be? Like it could be hers, it could be mine or his or whomever it is that you're writing with. Um, so this particular writing session, it's like we're writing a song about what I want to write about, and I'm gonna go and just kind of. This is what I, I'm thinking of writing. What do you think? And then I'll have several ideas and whatever he vibes off of, we can maybe run with it. It's kind of where wherever you, it, it takes you. The music takes you somewhere and it might end up in a whole different direction than you first started. But I want to get more into more country genre specific. So that's why this guy is a country songwriter and works with a lot of country artists in Ontario. So um, I'm really excited to work with him and kind of see what I can do. Because I there's more specifics to certain ways people write for pop versus how they write for country versus how they write for hip hop. Yeah. Like there's different styles and, and weird rules, I guess you could say. Oh, okay. like songwriting like for pop is very formulaic it's very simple it's like two three chords and then it ends up into what you hear on top 40 radio yeah um country is a little more soulful songwriting based so there's a there's a little more freedom with it which is why i'm really loving that's why i've always kind of loved country music is because it gives you that freedom to say what you want to say in a song um so everything's a little bit different so it just every experience is different every experience writing with a different person is different because like you said everyone has a different experience they're going to bring something different to the table nice yeah Bree, thank you so much no problem thank you for having me yeah i'm looking forward to uh your next tour yeah, I'm going to uh, hopefully be posting on my social media when that yeah. happens. But we're working on a new grant right now that hopefully will be able to fund a tour for me in 2019. So fingers crossed. That's what we're working on right now. And um, new music. And I can't wait to like move on to that next project for songwriting and music. And hopefully everybody loves everything I do. Awesome. Well, listen, t- tell us where people can find you. Uh, my website is www.breetaylor.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Bree spelt with two E's because I know some people will be like, Bree like the cheese. And that's spelt very different. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's a b r e e taylor dot com, and my uh, Instagram is at brie taylor official, and uh, yeah, all my social media links are on my website. But yeah, I'll post all my updates on all those venues and areas and stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again for thank coming. Thank you in. so much for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, you can uh, hear more content like this on creamkanji.com. Uh, I've interviewed other musicians such as Simon Law, Biff Naked, uh, Maestro Fresh Wes, and Jim Cregan. And you can find uh, this podcast on girthradio.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining me. We'll talk to you soon. I'm so jaded